Welcome to this new edition of Faith in the Republic. I'm your host, Keith Haney. This is a new podcast about the role of faith in the American story. On this podcast, you will get a bit of history. We'll talk about how faith has shaped the course of human events, but you'll also get a chance to hear inspiring stories from ordinary people about how God has shaped their lives and their history. Today, my guest is Lisa Venezuela. And so we're going to talk today about her faith journey and kind of how God has moved in her life. Welcome to the show, Lisa. How are you? Hi, Keith. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. I'm glad you're my first guest or subject or test case. So we'll see how God leads all this. I will be your test case. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) So I like to give people kind of a a good, easy question to kind of get get us into the story. So what's the best advice you've ever ever got? Best advice I have ever received was actually from my grandmother. And it's resentment is like drinking poison and waiting for someone else to die. Oh, I like that. Yeah. And that was really affected me on how just making sure that I'm not holding grudges, making sure that I'm not resentful towards people for things they've said or things they've done. Like, I think that's really important that we lead a forgiving life. Yeah. My mom had a saying too, you know, I think it was, she probably borrowed from somebody else, you know, if you, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth, everybody just eyeless and toothless. So yes. <laughs> <laughs> eye for an eye makes the whole world blind. Yes, right. Exactly. So tell me about your faith journey, because I kind of listen to your podcast and I, you have some really great content on it. Uh, so just kind of tell me about your faith journey. My faith journey has been a roller coaster, to be completely honest. I have seen my life as an atheist. I've seen my life as a full-blown believer really close to God. And I've seen my life living in sin and away from God and just different time periods of my life. And uh, so that's kind of in a nutshell. Um, when I was younger, we came to Christ uh, as a family when I was probably in about third grade. Before that, okay. before that, I think my parents were into crystals and, you know, all kinds of um, different kinds of, of things. But so about third grade, uh, my parents started taking us to church and I ended up developing a, a relationship with Christ. It was great. And, you know, that went on through elementary school and, and middle school. And then we changed churches. We went to a new church and this new church was great. I became really involved in the youth group there. I was um, on the music team. I helped out with the kids stuff. Like I was just really connected into this church and I really was trying to develop a relationship with with Christ. And on the side, as a, a rebellious teenager, you know, I really had a weakness for boys. And, um, you know, I made some really bad decisions during that time while also a believer. I think that's important that you still can make mistakes in your life while also being a believer. Um, but I made some crucial mistakes. And uh, my youth pastor found out about it. And, you know, this is one of those resentment. It will eat you alive <laughs> because it did for many years. But my my youth pastor um, broke my trust and I was supposed to be able to have some time to be able to tell my parents about the things that I was doing um, secretly. And instead, uh, he went and told them and I've just felt betrayed. I felt just like you're supposed to be my youth pastor. You're supposed to be on my side, you know, my teammate. And he wasn't. And so then it just sent my whole world into a tailspin. And, uh, and then I was told that I wasn't allowed to be a part of the church anymore or the youth group. I needed to take a time out from youth group. I couldn't lead anymore. I couldn't lead small group. I couldn't be 
um, in the on the music team anymore. I couldn't help out with the kids stuff. I couldn't do all these things because they expect a certain caliber of person out of a leader. Sure. Which is respectable. But when you're talking about a teenage girl, that's that's a lot. <laughs> so but, but what that did was it sent me into, you know what, if this is Christianity, if this is what it means to be a Christian, you're just going to totally kick me out and turn your back on me, then I don't want anything to do with it. And if this is your God, then I don't want anything to do with your God. And at that point in time, as a 16, yeah, 16 year old girl, 15, 16, I said, all right, bye. And I turned my back on God. I turned my back on the church. I, I lost all my friends that were um, really close to me at the time. And I just threw my hands up and I walked away. Wow. So if, yeah. if you could go back in, in time and you were the youth person, what would you tell that little girl today? Ooh, see, that's good. And um, I, I would, I would give them words of encouragement of, you know what, I get it. What, where can we, how can we help you be stronger? How can I support you in helping you make some better decisions? Um, you know, I, I, I think I would have just handled it differently, but looking back as an adult now, he was a 28 year old youth pastor. You yeah. Know, now that I'm 36. He was just a 28 year old, you know, young person. And so it's, you know, I'm trying not to be resentful now as an adult looking back, I'm not resentful at all. Like I've forgiven him in my heart, but, um, but yeah, I've actually recently, it's been on my heart to be a youth leader. Um, now, because I don't want kids to get to, to feel like that, to, to feel like that they can't be a part of church. Yeah, that's that's hard because kids today seem to be struggling with different issues, and I know I did when I was younger. My biggest issue was girls don't like me. Uh, <laughs> um, so, yeah, I I just imagine the church does struggle. It seems to me with that fine line of what are you, what can you expect from a leader, mm-hmm. and when when leaders do fall short of our expectations and sin. How do we keep them from, like you just kind of talked about, drifting away, even me being resentful of God in that process, right. but still lovingly try to move them beyond the struggles they're having right now? For sure. I think I, one of the big things is I believe that a lot of people have a misconception about the church and about Jesus and about God. I believe that because of a religion and because of history, that that's a, it's a fact that people look at Christians and they're like, you're a hypocrite. Like how, you know, they, that's the number one thing. I don't like Christians because they're hypocrites. Well, I think that if we were more real with the way that our journey of life goes that, Hey, just because you're a Christian does not mean you're going to be perfect because Satan wants to attack the Christians. He wants to attack those that um, are doing the right thing. You know, he wants to give more. um, He wants to, try to get you away from, from the Lord. So I think just being real, just being, and that's what I kind of try to do on my podcast to say, look, I just had my cars repoed this year. I had a business close, almost lost my house in foreclosure. And uh, I love Jesus with all my heart and he's restoring my life. He's restoring me, but it's not easy, you know? And, and just, I think if people, if Christians were more real with the fact that we struggle, I think that would help non-believers. So you mentioned that when you, were turned out of youth group, you kind of drifted for a while. Did you, did you associate them? Like probably most of us did. This was God saying to you, you're not acceptable, not just a church. Or would you just, did you were able to separate those two feelings? 
so at that point in time, I turned atheist because I didn't want anything to do with God at all. So I believe that I had shame. You know, looking back, I felt shame, the shame of what I had done, the shame of not being accepted anymore, the shame of rejection. And I felt that God didn't want me and that he, and I was like, well, you know, if God doesn't want me, then I don't want him either. And so I think that the voices in our head, we have to be very careful about what voice. God found me. He <laughs> How did God you, I suppose. And I've seen this because twice in my life, I've stepped away from the Lord. And in this first instance, it was, okay, all right, well, let me see how you do. I'm just going to be right here. God says, I'm just going to be right here. Just let me know when you're ready for me to come back in. I'll let you handle your life on your own. And so I did. And I saw my life. It was a slow fade of where it went from being, I had, I had it, I had pretty much all together. And then it was just like, and um, in that, in that time, um, I ended up, you know, going to, I went to Texas A&M for a year. I partied, (laughs) which I was not raised with, you know, alcohol or anything like that. And then suddenly I'm thrown into this world where I didn't know how to balance. Um, I didn't have God's discernment to, to help me. And so I ended up coming home on academic probation that year. Um, that's when I met my, uh, my husband, we, we started dating and, uh, you know, and he's great and God, God definitely gave him to me in my life. But, um, you know, I met him and it wasn't until like, we were two years into our dating relationship when we had the conversation about religion. Cause I kind of avoided it like the plague and we were just living our own sinful lives, just having a good old time. Um, but uh, I remember having the conversation. We were in our car on the way home from Austin, Texas, and um, we're in the car, and a song comes on the radio, and it was a Christian song. And I was like, oh, yeah, like, it's been a long time since I've heard a Christian song. And, you know, like, I was in, I was a worship leader, so I was like, yep, this is good. And so the, the conversation ended up coming up about religion, and when um, he asked me about it, I was like, well, um, so I'm an atheist. And he nearly wrecked the car. Like he was like, wait, what? He was like, uh, I could never wow. marry you. I could never have children with you. We could never have a life together. I mean, you'll be my friend, but there, I cannot consider anything serious with you if that's your stance. And I was like, whoa, I was totally taken back by it because I was like, uh, I mean, it's not like we're going to church every Sunday. Like, who are you? And, and so then, but what that did to me was he planted the seed within me of kind of a reality check of the seriousness of the life that I was living and, um, and then that kind of was a check for him as well. So, um, then boom, we're pregnant despite his words, <laughs> you know, that we ended up getting pregnant. And, um, and so then it was, we started going to church together and a little bit, um, and I still was an atheist, but it took me down to the point to where we were just a, we were really at a horrible place in our lives where we had a two bedroom apartment. We had his, he got custody of his daughters, which my, they're my daughters. Um, and so he got custody of them. We ended up having people live with us in this two bedroom apartment. I lost my job when I found out I was pregnant. And um, it was just like, we were just in this horrible place where we were going to lose our apartment. We were, And I remember being pregnant, crying my eyes out one afternoon, all alone in that apartment. And just my whole world was crashing around. And I was like, I don't know who I am or what I'm doing. I've lost my whole life. I don't talk to my family. I don't, you know, I was just lost, so lost. And I was crying, bawling my eyes out one afternoon and I'm laying in bed and, and I said, all right. I said, okay, God, if you're real, I need you now. And within seconds, when I say within seconds, within seconds, my phone rang and it was my mom 
who I hadn't talked to in a long time. And she called me. She was like, hey, I'm just calling just to let you know that we're here. And if you ever need to come home, you're welcome to come home. And I was like, I was like, okay, wow, God, that's I, see powerful. You. I see you. And, uh, you know, it was just, it was huge for me because, you know, um, he was just right there. He was right there the whole time. And he was just waiting on me to cry out. And so I moved home, ended up, um, you know, we ended up separating and I moved home. I had the baby time went on and he, my um, husband ended up going to promise keeper. Well, he was my boyfriend at the time, but he ended up going to promise keepers and giving his life to Christ. And then we started coming back together as Christians and we ended up starting to go to church together. We ended up getting married in the church. We had two more kids. So we have five kids now and things are going really great. Like we ended up becoming small group leaders um, involved in the church again. Like just our life started just rebuilding, you know, then we were able to buy our house and we moved. And I mean, I just saw how God just started building us up, right? You know, it's not just the things in life. It's not like, oh, now I bought a house. It's it's just your happiness, your joy, your peace, your just all the things that didn't matter what was going on in the storm. He was right there and he was building us back up. So we bought this house, moved 45 minutes away from where we lived, and we decided we were going to leave our church. So we left the church that we were connected to and we we're going to find a new church. We never did. And we never got plugged in. And oh, no. Then, you know, suddenly it was okay well we were trying different churches then we just it was just another slow fade of just not being plugged in and then suddenly god's not in your sight and you're just living your own life and doing our the best that we can and living our own thing and started getting into sinful things and eight years later we're back in the situation of our kids are struggling majorly and you know you can listen to my podcast and my son went to juvie and that was kind of the biggest wake up call for us or for me personally was, whoa, you know, hold on. Who am I as a mom? Who am I as a believer? Who am I like, what, what is going on in my life? You know, we started our own business and we watched it go straight into the ground. Um, you know, it was just like, got to a point where I had no idea who we were or what we were or what we believed and in our life just came crashing down to, um, you know, just now like we're, we're getting a divorce. And uh, 17 years of being together, and it's just, it's just crazy um, to see how things. How things yeah. So. so, so what's what's your your arc, your position with God now? So it was actually two years ago where I was having a conversation with a good friend of mine, and she is into witchcraft, and she's into spiritual things, and and I'm just listening to her because it always just. I always like to listen to anybody on what they believe and, and not put in my opinion. And she, man, she knew so much about what she believed. She knew the ins and the outs of why she believed what she believed and everything. And it was like, man, you know what? I should probably read the Bible like through and through, even if I I don't go to church or I'm not practicing, I should just start reading the Bible just so I can have a a knowledge of just of what I believe. And so I did. So that it was probably, it was two years ago, the, actually like next week. Um, and January 1st, I started the daily audio Bible and on my uh, commute to work, I would listen to the daily audio Bible and it started changing my entire life. Like, first of all, I found out that the Bible is actually really awesome, (laughs) you know, and it's actually really addicting to read. (laughs) And I just found, and I was not a reader. Let me throw that out there. But, um, 
so basically, so to, to answer your question, like I saw how God just started pruning my life when I started putting my trust in him and he started giving me the, the yearning to come back to him. And he just started showing up in the details and showing off in the details. And, um, and so he just started bringing me back to where, to where I just, I need him in my life every single day. And, and he just, he never left me, never forsaked me. Even those eight years where I'm off doing my own thing. Like he was just waiting for me to come back. Just right. That's there. amazing. No, you did. You did a good job. <laughs> so do you have a, a favorite Bible verse that just kind of connects with you? I do, actually. It, it's uh, Psalms 121.1. And it's, I look into the mountains and where, where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, my God, the maker of the heavens and the earth. And that, that seriously that verse has got me through so much. It was the one verse that it was the very first verse that he gave me once I turned back to him. Um, it was the first verse he gave me because I was like drowning just in every aspect of my life. And, you know, I didn't feel like I had the support of my husband. I didn't feel like I had, um, you know, I just felt like everything was falling apart. And it, he was like, I'm right here. I'm your help. I'm your help. I'm the Lord and God of the whole universe. You just let me know what you need, girl. I got you. <laughs> and like, that's how, that's, that's how it was. And that verse, like, it's very, it was very, very monumental in my life and in, in coming back to Christ for that, for that to yeah. me, the mountain yeah. is the hurdles in our life. The mountains are the, the things that we don't know how we're going to get through the things we're we don't know how we're going to climb this mountain. How are we going to get through this? How are we going to get on to the next day or, or face the problems that we're facing, but we face the problems we're facing with the Lord. That's how we face the problems. That's great. So what's some of the most important things you've learned? about your connection with God? Um, I would say, like I said before, he's there. That my connection with God is that the prayer life yeah. is, is so important. And I'm learning that even more and more. I try to have, you know, prayer time every morning and I, I don't do a good job of that, but I do my best, but I just talk to God. Like he's my best friend. I'm like, like the other day, I'm just going to give this example. I'm, you know, I'm a single mom now. And the other day I, I was looking at this room that I have on, like, man, I really want this to be a craft room, but I'm like, I can't afford anything. I cannot afford a desk. I can't afford anything I need for this room. So I was like, Hey God, like, I'm just going to like talk to him just like this. I'm like, Lord, I really want this craft room. That'd be really cool. If you could hook me up with a desk, like that would be really awesome. Two days later, my kids are dragging this desk from a couple houses down that they put on the curb and it's this awesome desk. And, and so my kids are dragging this desk in the house and I was like, Oh, thank you, God. Like, thank you so much. And it's just like how he shows up in the details and he's always listening and your prayer life doesn't have to be like, Oh Lord, oh, somebody bum. No, it's like, Hey God, like I really need you in this moment. Like just talk to him. Like he's your best friend and he will be your best friend. <laughs> That's cool. So I, I love how, how God's been such a part of your history. So if you could think about a legacy you want to leave, what would that legacy, legacy be for you? Would be, I want people to understand that you can be a Christian and still have problems, that you can be a Christian and just still be real. Like you can be a Christian and then drop a cuss word every now and then and be like, whoops, uh, you know, it's not a part of your identity, but you know, you can be a Christian and just be a real life person. And I think that that is just, that's what I want my legacy to be is to show people how to be real 
that to have a real relationship with God and still be normal. That's that's important. I because I, I think that goes back to what you talked about in the beginning of your story. That idea that you have to be perfect to be a Christian makes us look like hypocrites because none of us are perfect. We serve a perfect God, but none of us can live up to the standard of being perfect. And so how do we live in the mess of our life and still realize that we're forgiven? That's that's a powerful message. Yeah, grace, you know. And it is amazing. Right. Yeah, that's why I think so many people are turned off in this culture by the church is because they look at us like a bunch of hypocrites, you know? And and so my legacy, I want to say, you know what? I can see Jesus in her despite she's (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and he's messed up. So yeah, I tell my kids that too. I'm not perfect, (laughs) at least not yet. So how can my listeners find your podcast and connect with you on social media? Sure. So uh, my website is meinthemakingpodcast.com. And on social media, you can just search on Facebook, Me in the Making Podcast. That's, and I say it fast, but it's Me in the Making. Because <laughs> it is. It's a journey through my past and my present, which is crazy. Like I just, you know, going through a divorce and everything. And then my future, I believe that God has some big things for me and he has a, a purpose for me. And I'm just trying to figure that out. So you can come along my imperfect journey of Me in the Making. <laughs> And I've heard your podcast. It's a really good podcast. I would encourage my listeners to look you up and listen to it. It's a great podcast. Thank you. I appreciate that very much. Yeah. Well, I appreciate you taking the time today. And and I thank you for sharing your story of how God has moved in your life. Um, Thanks. It's just an amazing time just for us to to share and to grow. And I hope my listeners will listen and, and, and follow you on your podcast. For those who are joining me on this podcast, if you want to go deeper, you can follow my blog titled The Light Breaks Through at www.alightbreaksthrough.org and get similar content in your your email box. I have another podcast too, also called The Light Breaks Through if you want to follow on that podcast. In the meantime, you can subscribe to this podcast, take time to rate it, leave a review. You can find this podcast on all the major platforms, iTunes, Spotify, uh, iHeart. I invite you to share this podcast with your friends on social media. And thank you once again to my guest, Lisa, today for sharing her life and her story. And may God bless you in your journey and me in the making. And may that be a success for those who come across it and uh, and their journey as well. And remind us that we're not perfect, but God still forgives us and loves us and accepts us in our brokenness. So thank you for that that wonderful message today. Yes, you're welcome. Thanks, Okie, for having me. Thank you very much for having me on today. Oh, it's been a pleasure. Thank you.